Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Hi, Keens. Hi, Jules. How are you this evening? I'm doing so well. Trying not to get sick. Same. I think I'm failing. I mean... <laughs> It'll make our voices nice and sexy yeah. for the listeners, so it'll be good. So, we are here tonight covering episode two of Real Housewives of Atlanta, season five. Yes. And so, last week, we are introduced to Kenya. We certainly were. Right? Who almost immediately had issues with Cynthia. Yes, she acted very poorly. <laughs> uh, we also find out that apparently Kim is... Uh, allegedly going to be without a house. Yes, she's getting so-called evicted. Right. Or possibly becoming a squatter. (laughs) Still unclear. Um, And we also find out that Nini has proposed a TV storyline based on her real life, which is dating her ex-husband. Right. And Ryan Murphy's like, my job as a writer is done. (laughs) Right. So this week we pick up with season two. But before we get into this episode, we have a couple of editor's notes. Yeah. um, First and foremost, we said Portia was going to be in episode two, but she's not. She's not coming until episode three. I just, I hope everyone can just hold on. We still have a great episode even without Portia. Yes. But like next week, the fireworks begin. Correct. Also, last week I mentioned Miss Lawrence as being Magic Johnson's son, and that was incorrect. So Magic Johnson's son, his name is EJ Johnson, and he's often mentioned alongside Miss Lawrence because he is an example of sort of black flamboyance on TV, but they are not the same person. And I apologize for making that mistake. I saw a fabulous black man with no hair and I immediately thought of Magic Johnson's son. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Wait, so what is EJ Johnson in? Do you know? So he hasn't really been in much of anything, but I think that there was a TMZ article that came out some years ago that linked him to uh, Miss Lawrence and then the other man that's often on the show. Dwight? Not Dwight. uh, The hairdresser. Oh, okay. Um, And I don't know if he was sort of dating one of them or if he was just friends with them, but they were together and he was, you know, wearing makeup and heels and people sort of were making some statements about it and Magic Johnson and his wife, and this is how I imagine I originally heard of it, said, you know, we're very proud of our son. We love him. We don't care about those things. Like we are excited for what he wants to do in the entertainment business or whatever that might look like. So yeah. Way to go magic. Right. And spouse. Right. Which we should probably find out. Uh, Yeah. Well, Uh, eh. (laughs) I mean, listen, we've already done a lot of research to make these corrections. You (laughs) guys. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Correct. All right. Okay. So getting into episode two, the first thing that happens is Nini goes with her son, Brett, who's just a little 13-year-old in this scene, um, and she go- takes him to the L.A. Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. I feel like the sequence is just kind of about seeing how much people uh, adore Mimi. Sorry, adore Nini at this time. <laughs> 
No, agreed. Um, I, I will say that it's so fascinating watching this through current eyes because we know that, you know, Nini's son Brett has since come out as gay. And I think that there is like something really positive and lovely about this, but we, we didn't know anything about that. So instead, right, Nini and her son have this, what I thought was a really cute scene of her describing the difference between Nini waving and Kate Middleton waving, but really clear that all the attention is on her and everybody is sort of there to see her. She is the event. Yeah. Like all the gay guys on floats are like, Nini, I love you. And people are like running up to her and trying to give her beads and just like, she's such a phenomenon in this moment. Right. She, in her confessional, I wrote down cause it was something that just, I love it so much. She said, you know, I love the gays because they invented everything. Yeah. Very true. I am like in giving that credit to, you know, the gay community for really being in a lot of ways, the creators of so much content, so much that is the fabric of pop culture now. I mean, I love it, especially somebody like Nini, who is such a star and could have easily just, I don't know maybe not giving them credit she chose to do that and I loved it yeah I also love that Greg is there to support her and she says she's so happy to see a straight man at the end of this parade oh my gosh (laughs) she's such a star I I will also mention that in this episode at the sequence we see her really overcome with emotion which I thought was so sweet because it's not really like Nini to be emotional in that yeah she's kind of tough yeah and she was like crying and I was just like you're such a star we love you and I I really hope that Bravo gets it together and brings her back we need her back in some capacity like come on yeah she is she is Atlanta absolutely yeah absolutely has not been the same without her all right um so back in Atlanta Phaedra and Candy are meeting Kenya for lunch. And Phaedra and Candy are definitely like cute little friends together. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of, they kind of move as a unit during this time. Yeah. It's really sweet. And I mean, this was something that they talked about how they were friends and how it was just like a very natural thing. I mean, it was, I don't know. It just reminds me of what used to be. Oh. I know no spoilers, but uh, this friendship's going to go through some, evolutions yes (laughs) trials tribulations certainly um so kenya comes and she's all light and bubbly they're like oh turn around let's see you and then they love her butt and phage is like she got a donkey booty a big old shelf Phaedra's obsessed with the concept of donkey booty, and she claims to also have a donkey booty. Right. And I mean, this is something that is consistent with Phaedra that I forgot about until I rewatched the episode. But her sort of obsession with like big butts and just like juicy bodies, like she is very much the type of woman that celebrates the female form and isn't afraid to talk about how much she likes it yeah totally and I love that body positivity um Kenya talks about the jet auditions and makes it sound like she was not acting such a fool listen (laughs) when Kenya so I wrote this down because I'm like Jules is gonna appreciate that when it comes to Atlanta I come with the receipts oh I love it and the quotes so when Kenya's asked to explain like what happened, she says, and I quote, Jet asked me to judge beauty of the week. 
when as far as we know, Cynthia invited her to come and found out that she was also Jet Beauty of the Week at some point and like probably the, quite some time ago. Right. And she says that uh Cynthia didn't really say anything that she brought like minions over. And then she also suggests that the entire reason why they were at the Bailey agency was just random that, Oh yeah, jet was doing this event and invited me. And then we, we did it at the Bailey agency. And I'm like, even the way that you're describing this is so incorrect, but it left me as if you were like, wait, she was lying, right? Because Cynthia isn't known to lie, is she? No, no. I don't think Cynthia ever lies. Unless maybe she's like trying to save someone's feelings. Like she's just a very nice person. <laughs> Kenya will say anything to make her, as you know, kind of self-aggrandizing. Trying to make herself seem like the star and everyone else is so small. Oh, Kenya. Right. And so the best part for me when Cynthia, excuse me, when Kenya continues to talk about what happened is she, of course, tells the ladies about how she had to bring the security out. She made it sound like this man was actually thrown out of the venue. (laughs) Yeah. So my security came. (laughs) Dealt with him. (laughs) Pedro and her professional is like, hmm. Now the late, great Michael Jackson. Whitney Houston, Dick Clark. Okay, they can have security, but Kenya? Kenya Moore? Having security is the most hilarious thing I've heard all day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a trio. Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Dick Clark. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't know where that came from, but I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, but at the lunch itself, Phaedra's being so nice to Kenya, being like, oh, haha, I love that. I love you. And being so sweet to her. And I just want to state that for the record. Right. Listen, Phaedra loves mess. And mm-hmm. I feel like she never shies away from how much she loves it. And she, to your point, was giggling, was living for every single petty beat that Kenya was yes. giving. It was <laughs> so funny. Uh Oh, man. So then at the very end, I had to write this down because apparently um, this was when everybody, I don't know their ages at this juncture, but um, Candy uh, hadn't had her son yet. Uh, Phaedra only had one child and Kenya didn't have any children at this point. Mm -hmm. And so they're all talking about how they want to like have children. They want to like continue with their families. And Phaedra says, I'm going to speak fertility onto the table. I love her so much. I know. Yeah. This is not a neutral podcast. No, we're so team Phaedra. I love her so (laughs) much. Like I can't, like you can't watch TV and see Phaedra and not say to yourself, how did this woman ever not exist on TV? She's so good. She will just fill you with joy. Just watching her do anything is just, oh man, she's so beautiful and elegant and messy. It's, oh. It's fantastic. The best. Okay. Speaking of messy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We're with Kim, who's just walking around her house saying, I'm homeless. I'm going to be homeless. She thinks it's so funny to say she's homeless. 
Um, she sits Sweetie down and is like, I need to explain to you about like the um, appraisal of the house and why we're leaving, which is just like, I'm sure Sweetie knows. It's just like the cameras are here, Sweetie. <laughs> Sit there while I tell you what I want everyone to hear about why I can't buy this mansion. Um, Sweetie is like, Kim's like, I don't know what we'll do. We could move to a suite at the Waldorf, like a penthouse suite for a month. Sweetie's like, could you move back to your townhouse that you still own that has multiple <laughs> bedrooms and live there? And Kim's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I really don't feel like we can have anything less than 17,000 square feet. Right. And so I can't remember if at this point she was physically looking at her not even one-year-old child, but said there's not enough space. There's no pool and there's no basketball court for KJ. <laughs> <laughs> right KJ has to grow up with a basketball court and he can't do that if we live in the townhouse for a month (laughs) I think it's truly just that it doesn't seem lavish like it she is trying to project wealth at all times Mm. obviously she's trying very hard to do so yeah so moving back to the townhouse would be like but then I'm not projecting like I I am so wealthy but it's like Kim we all know you're not so wealthy because neither (laughs) of you makes money Listen, Corey is a full-on football player for the Atlanta Falcons. Like that's I mean, tr- okay, that's true. But I don't think football players. I think that like I've, it's true. You make a ton of money for the like five seasons that you play, mm-hmm. but it's not the kind of lifestyle where you're just like buying five million dollar homes and like expensive diamonds and like the way that they live is just like your money will not last yeah this is it's so funny this conversation is reminding me of a callback to season one where lisa Wu was talking about the difference between like basketball wife money and football wife money and part of the thing that she identified was that football wives tend to be a little bit more humble because they know that there's like a real like a much harder expiration date on like those careers meanwhile basketball wife money is like it to them sometimes it never like it's almost like they don't think of it as ever not coming in and so the way that you described Kim she actually reminds me more of like a basketball wife even though she is a football wife. She's living like a basketball wife. Exactly. Living like a basketball wife on football wife money. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like the things that she thinks that they should be spending money on. It's just, it's just wild. She's wild. And like, um, I'm going to have to spoil something that in this past year, she and Croy have hit such hard straights that (laughs) she's selling her used like flip flops on ebay and poshmark and or something like that she's like doing auctions for truly like old t-shirts from target trying to sell everything she owns because they have completely run out of money oh my gosh i also heard that she like pretended that brielle her daughter her oldest daughter was pregnant for a clickbait situation that sounds about right and so literally anybody that clicked on the link in her bio or the link on her page was sent to like another like sort of scammy site but she got money every time somebody clicked on the link oh my (laughs) i was like yo kim (laughs) how the mighty have fallen uh absolutely which is why i wouldn't mind if they had her back on the show i'd love to see all of this crumbling around her oh my gosh i thought you know for the camaraderie and sisterhood the other women (laughs) on the show No, she doesn't deserve any sympathy, so (laughs) we can just laugh. 
Oh, man. So the next segment, we have Kenya. Um, her aunt has come over to visit, and she talks about how she bought a home in Atlanta and gives her a full tour of her home. Right, but first, Lori gives her some flowers, and Kenya says, oh, wow, Walmart special. Thanks. <gasps> what? How did I miss that? Lori's like, they're not from Walmart. And Kenya's like, oh, okay. So rude. That's so rude. And we're talking about her aunt Lori, right? And she's like doing this on camera like oh Kenya yeah this is her aunt Lori who like raised her kind of in place of her mom oh geez um Kenya says she's been dating Walter casually long distance for two years and Lori's like why haven't I met him yet yeah she raises concerns about whether there's something wrong with him (laughs) which maybe I mean um and Kenya says that she wants to wait until she's engaged to Walter before Lori meets him, which is so weird to me. It's like, no, I just want to get, I want to commit to him for life before he meets my family. What? Yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, it makes absolutely no sense. I will say that as a viewer, I was very taken in by Kenya's tears and about her saying how much she deeply values her Aunt Lori's opinion and doesn't want to invite that critique into the situation until she's more sure about him. But even as I'm saying it now, maybe she's the sorceress, actually, oh my now God. that we're thinking about <laughs> it. glamoured us. Right? I mean, um, I guess in the past, Lori has said she disapproved of the guys that Kenya was dating, but she clarifies, like, it's because I didn't think he was treating you right, and mm-hmm. I want someone who treats you right. And I think it's actually wild that in the second episode with Kenya, we get into like her dating men who don't treat her well, Mm. because this seems to come up for her a lot. It's an ongoing issue. Yeah. I mean, I think to your point, there's like an aspect of Kenya's presence on the show that is, it reminds me a little bit of like the concept of fake it until you make it. Like she comes off as so like self-assured, so confident, so like, deeply focused on what she wants in her life and romantically and professionally. But I also think that there's a lot of insecurities that she's trying to hide that ultimately you can't hide from the camera. You can try and maybe, you know, when you have a little bit more housewife seasons under your belt, you can do a better job of it. (laughs) But for this to be her freshman season, I think that we see the cracks in the veneer very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of the ways that she sort of acts out to me are just reminiscent of what I would describe as like a more insecure woman unfortunately yeah and actually like seeing those cracks makes me more sympathetic to her in many ways it's just sort of like like when I see her human side I can like feel for her a little bit more Mm -hmm. she really has been through a lot and so I get it but then when you're not seeing the vulnerabilities it's hard to take right agreed so one thing that I liked that Aunt Lori said is something that I say all the time and she says listen if you like him I love him but yeah. he just needs to be nice. And it's sort of like you can, I mean, the way that her Aunt Lori loves and supports her, I think is something that I wish Kenya embraced a little bit more because I, I mean, we talked about it a little bit and we'll probably continue talking about it throughout the season. Just what it must do to your own concept of like self-worth to have like your mother deny your existence and then that like reinforcing itself 
in every interaction because you know she said like so aunt Lori is her mother's sister and so she is raised around her biological family but without the value of her biological mother accepting loving or it's wild i just i the choices that were made for kenya's upbringing baffle me yeah especially because they could have all said we'll never tell her that that's her real mother but then she obviously knew her whole life it's just like guys what are you doing right no well on that sad note maybe we should take a little break (laughs) yes let's get a beverage back so phaedra and cynthia and nini decide to work out together they seem to mess around with weights for like 10 minutes and they just sit down to start talking (laughs) i don't know why you want to poke at the allure (laughs) right these women were clearly having an intense workout in full makeup and needed to just rest very briefly okay? i just like the idea of being like we need some shots of you working out being extremely half-assed while doing that which i would as well and then be like time to sit <laughs> oh so during this segment is when we get phaedra as what i am gonna call her the queen of prof- of confessionals yes uh, so she has this moment where she's like, oh, my goodness, Nini is over here, like, engaging with me. I guess I'm not fake Dra no more. And I'm like, oh, God, I love it. Yeah, so just a little recap of season three. It was Phaedra's first season last season. Phaedra and Nini are both from Athens, Georgia, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Nini acted like she did not know, had never heard of Phaedra. And Phaedra's like, yes, she did know me. Nini's like, no, I did not. <laughs> And there was sort of like shade thrown between them about that. Right. It's like, she knew me. I don't know why she keeps saying she doesn't know me. It's like, I don't know her. <laughs> it was it was really funny. And it's I think it's something that there's a few callbacks to throughout this season. Because I think that we see Nini and Phaedra getting on, a, like, just on a different wavelength this time around. Yeah. Um. Cynthia says she wants to throw a party to celebrate Nini and Nini's like, no, no, I don't want it just to be about me. Let's just like celebrate successful independent women. Mm-hmm. And for some reason they're going to include Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Which... <laughs> and I'm trying to remember who brought up the, idea of inviting Kim and I honestly Phaedra's like remember. is Kim invited <laughs> I love when you do her voice <laughs> like straight out of like Magnolia like <laughs> so, so basically they can like Nini seems very open to inviting everybody and so she actually asks about Kenya um it's not clear to me whether Nini and Cynthia had spoken briefly about Kenya beforehand or if uh, Nini was asking about Kenya because Phaedra, Candy, and Kenya had just gone to lunch. But either way, Kenya becomes a topic of conversation and we see Cynthia being very explicit about what she thinks about her. Yeah. um, Basically, she tells them how Kenya acted and um, she doesn't 
really go into like a lot of details but she's just sort of like it was it was wild the way she was acting mm-hmm. she called her a completely different person yeah and, uh cut to phaedra saying well now i'm not much for gossip <laughs> <laughs> I had to pause the show because I was laughing so hard at this entire statement and the fact that it seemed like neither Nini or Cynthia understood just how sneaky that Phaedra was being. I'm like, I know that they got it. They just, it's fine. So then Phaedra um, brings up and describes uh, Kenya's recollection of events as having, quote, mixed feelings about the situation, which I think kind of set Cynthia off. Yeah, like, Phaedra's clearly trying to be diplomatic and be like, oh, well, yeah, Kenya did say there were mixed feelings. And Cynthia doesn't like that they, that Kenya's been talking about it to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but Phaedra always wants to give people the benefit of the doubt. She says, let's give ben- Kenya the benefit of the doubt. And so she will be invited to the successful independent women party. Right. And I do want to make sure that I state for the record that during this conversation and also during the conversation that she had with Kenya and Candy, that Phaedra calls Kenya Miss America. Yes, she was Miss America. Right. (laughs) And I will say that I received it in the moment as the way that you just sort of describe like an indicator of like a pageant like a beauty pageant queen is miss america you're not thinking of the distinction between people don't think about miss usa a lot i mean (laughs) it's not at the forefront of everyone's minds right which uh, this will come back into uh (laughs) this will become relevant very soon i think that people troll kenya a little bit with being like Oh, yeah, Miss America, because then she has to be like, no, Miss USA, which is not as good. Right. But let Kenya tell it. It's so much better. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course. Like Miss USA is, you know, she's a bit of a bad girl. She is doing things, which, okay. That's what we're all thinking. Right. Okay. So now we're back with Kim and Croy. It's Kim's birthday, and they go on a boat date, which is truly just they go to a pier. Climb onto a big boat, sit on like the deck of the boat, eat a meal, and then at the end they leave the boat. Like the boat does not go anywhere. It doesn't move at like, all. Like why would you just want to sit on a boat? Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> I will say that I assumed that she wasn't actually allowed to go out on the water being that pregnant. But then I'm like, is that a rule? Like, I might be making that up. But then why do I just go to a restaurant? Why do you want to sit on a boat? I mean, it was a yacht, honey. And it's the picture of It didn't look that fancy. It kind of looked like a houseboat on Lake Shasta, which can be fancy to me, but (laughs) not fancy by housewife standards. Right. I I mean, I'm not going to say that the boat itself was or wasn't fancy, (laughs) but what I can say is that the selection of food was... The opposite of what the I would food expect. Looked so like cafeteria food. Kim's like, oh yeah, it's really important to me to have good food. It's like, okay. And so it, I will say that from my perspective, and I hate that you keep making me semi freaking defend Kim Zolciak. No. <laughs> but so it seems like Croy, her husband, has organize this entire event based on all of her favorite foods so we have like chicken wings egg rolls from like a very specific restaurant biscuits 
salad, and then cake. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sometimes I'm wondering how this would, like, how this podcast would look if we were being recorded because I was so excited to list those things off. And then when I heard them out loud, I'm like, oh my God, that's terrible. (laughs) These are the only things Kim will eat. (laughs) But it was very sweet and thoughtful, right? I, I still stand by the fact that I think that a man who knows, like, your favorite candy or, like, your favorite, like garbage meal is the one that loves you the most as opposed to just giving you like lobster or steak right he I think that he put thought into it it just so happens that maybe Kim's taste in food isn't like the upper echelon she wants (laughs) us to think it is exactly no I truly believe in their love like I think he truly adores her I think they're probably soulmates. Mm. You know, we're just looking at kind of like a low vibration souls. Jules, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know why you want the smoke with Kim Zolciak so bad. Oh, you but think she's going to come after me? I mean, you're she right. She raise the money for bus fare first. No! <laughs> surprises Kim with the bracelet that she wore down the aisle um my guess is and he he says the phrase like it's no longer something borrowed which I thought was really sweet yeah I think she rented it for the wedding um and then he went back and bought it for her and so now it's hers and she says she's really excited to quote end her birthday with a bang yeah literally um no it was actually a really sweet gift mm-hmm. um Croy's doing a good job with this date very much so okay speaking of dates right we finally meet walter right which what were your initial thoughts how drab how dreary oh gosh <laughs> I will say that when I watched it the first time in real time, I didn't get it. But I will say now, being slightly older, I do see Walter as much more handsome than I remembered him originally. And he he does still look pretty greasy to me, though. Yeah, he's just not super cute. Um, Doesn't have a lot of charisma or charm. Yeah. And doesn't seem to be that concerned with Kenya one way or the other. So it's just like, what is this? I mean, Kenya should be majorly out of his league. I'll say that. Yeah. Because she's really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she has a lot of life in her. She's like, she's, you know, a lot of drama and stuff too. But it's just sort of like, he doesn't, he just doesn't seem to be on this, on her level at all. Yeah. I would agree with that. But despite this sort of inequity in relationship status, um, she confesses that she moved to Atlanta to be closer to him and to see where the relationship is headed. Yeah. And then she's like talking about how she wants to get married and have kids. She's running out of time. She went to the doctor. The doctor says she needs to get pregnant as soon as possible. Right. (laughs) 
wow. And then Walter in response laughs in her face. He Literally. truly, this would be a great time to be like, I also want to have kids. Maybe I'm not ready yet. Or, um, oh, I think that like, it'll be great for us to be spending more time together. Anything. He gives zero indication that he's interested in this plan that she has at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kenya's like, so now that I'm here, if you have some skeletons in the closet, I want to know about them. And Walter confesses. He's asked Candy out before, and Candy shot him down. Which, okay. I mean, Kenya cannot handle it. I don't know why she asked. I think she just wasn't expecting that. Right. And I think she would have preferred, honestly, if he'd been like, I made out with Candy once. I feel like that she would like that more because it's like, oh, okay, so we're, Candy and I are like dating in the same pool. Right. But that Candy shot him down is hard for her to hear she i mean you said it exactly right she cannot handle it like she has to excuse herself from the table she says oh i need to go to the bathroom i can't believe this she tells the waiter to put her food up to go right she says she needs time to process it she like disappears and she is so angry and i am so confused yeah she it's like the littlest thing has set her off so much and she says in confessional you know, that it's like, it's almost worse that Candy shot him down. Mm -hmm. Here's a question I'm left with. Walter thought he could get Candy? Candy, the millionaire songwriter? Right? It's weird. But I'm also like of the opinion, this this is my hot take, if you will, that he went to, like he asked Candy out because Candy gets asked out a lot and it wasn't really that big of a deal but in his mind he's so memorable that Candy might remember <laughs> right this random man asked her out at some point in time and that she's you know probably very politely declined and he doesn't want her to tell Kenya he wants to say yeah I asked her out but you know she shot me down it's not that big of a deal and that's not how the circumstance unrolled because I don't I mean I Walter is pretty forgettable overall right I didn't fully remember what he looked like other than (laughs) my impression that he didn't seem like a solid match for Kenya and then seeing him now I'm like oh Okay. It's like a little bit comical that she moved to Atlanta for this man. Yeah, it seems almost as if that's not what really happened. Yeah. Hmm. So she comes back to the table. She says, let's call a spade a spade. She got a big ass, and I know you like that. <laughs> like, okay. Which is so weird. And but it's so weird. Okay, so Walter turns it around. Yes. Smart man. He says, I've shown you I like you. I've always been interested in you. You're strong, very independent. I love that about you. He said the word love. Mm -hmm. You're a hard worker, and that's what attracts me to you, along with your beauty and your chocolate skin. The moment he says chocolate skin, Kenya truly melts. Yes, her (laughs) entire demeanor, it switched so quickly. I mean, her entire face is like lit. It lights up. She is clearly like buying what he is selling and it is I I wrote down I literally wrote down smart man because he 
played this perfectly, right? Like this woman is clearly, right, spinning out in what I would call maybe a less than confident, secure, you know, version of things. That's, I guess, my nice way of saying insecure because I don't like calling women insecure on the pod, but it is what it is. She is giving a lot of insecurity and he pours into her and she immediately like laps it up like yes yeah she's giggling she's like everything he says is funny now Mm -hmm. she's right there right she embraces her chocolate skin like she loves that too she's like well man he has good taste this chocolate's delicious and they're like flirting again and on like a really cute date all of a sudden yeah it was kind of wild to see and like unfortunately I think that Kenya's love of flattery is probably a weakness with her because if you meet a manipulative person Mm. and they figure this out about you it's so easy for them to get away with stuff I'm not saying Walter's being manipulative but it's just like this is this is not great yeah agreed um so we next move back to Candy who's moving into her new place with Todd and Phaedra comes um I'm guessing to maybe help I don't really know why she's there uh just to chat I guess yeah well Phaedra admits her fear of dogs (laughs) which um confusion yeah she's scared of Candy's dog Georgia but in confessional she says but when they have passed I'm very comfortable with them (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh my gosh what stood out to me the most in this interaction though uh aside from Phaedra's continued shenanigans uh, is how different she reacts to Candy and her home, right? So where Kim was pointing out all of these things, saying that it was the hood, making these like sort of derogatory comments. Yeah. Phaedra says, you know, this is a beautiful community. She's talking about all the professionals in the area about like how, well, there's like lawyers and doctors and politicians. This is a great neighborhood. She's really like, I think that she sees the vision that Candy is trying to put together and she's so supportive of it. Yeah, which is cute because there's like boxes everywhere and they moved all their stuff in and it's not all sorted yet. And she's like, oh no, I can definitely see it. Like, good friend. Good friend, right? And then Phaedra um, reveals that Phaedra was actually a key in introducing Candy and Todd. Yes, she introduced them on the trip to Africa. Mm-hmm. And said, this is going to be your husband. If Phaedra said that to me about anybody, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> right? If you, listen, if you speak it into existence, I believe you. Yes. It's a done deal. She's speaking fertility onto the table. Right? She speaks a lot of things into existence, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she then brings up what her, Nini, and Cynthia had spoken about, about this sort of women's empowerment lunch. And she confirms to Candy that... Candy and Kim are both invited at Nini's request. Yeah, and Candy can't believe it because not only do Kim and Nini have issues, but Nini has had issues with Candy in the past. Um, And they cut to Nini like talking trash at a bedroom candy event. And I realized we need to tell everybody what bedroom candy is. Yes. Bedroom candy is Candy's super successful sex toys business because she's really into like kinky stuff. Mm -hmm. And of course, she's um, doing it very well and making lots of money because she's Candy. Yeah. 
candy coated nights, right? She yeah. has like she I think from the beginning was really great at branding and being very like the fact that she came up with bedroom candy and her name is candy like shut up. Like no, this she's is truly a mogul. Perfect word to describe her. And so uh Candy is shocked. She's you know, talks about Nini being a hater and it isn't clear on how this could have happened. And then Phaedra offers up some potential reasons why Nini might have turned over a new leaf, which are, well, she might have went to church and got saved. <laughs> she might be taking that ginkgo biloba. And finally, she heard that maybe ginseng can help improve that attitude. (laughs) Sure. Phaedra, I love it. Great reasons. Right? (laughs) The possibilities are endless. But regardless of the underlying justification, Candy does agree to come. And Phaedra ends the conversation by confirming that they definitely need to invite Kenya because she has something that, quote, nobody else has, which is a title. (laughs) Phaedra is being so nice to Kenya in the way she talks about her and I wish Phaedra was my friend right I will just say for what it's worth like yes Phaedra is being nice but I think that Phaedra is being nice because she knows just like we know that Kenya always brings the mess yeah she loves that mess she loves that mess (laughs) well so do we right okay this seems like a good time for us to take a break And we're back. It's time for the independent, successful women's event. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So it opens up and Phaedra uh, comments about how there's a lot of, quote, pedestrian people. (laughs) (laughs) But also some highbrow members of the community. Yeah, and I didn't see anyone being pedestrian. We're ta- all these women are like talking about their careers and stuff. They all sound pretty cool. Right. I don't know if it had something to do with what they were wearing or just the fact that they weren't women that were known, but I found the comment hilarious regardless because I would consider myself a hardcore pedestrian person in this world <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> um, so Kim gets there after everybody else and she's stocking up to the event and says, uh, when Fader told me that Nini wanted to invite me to this party, I almost fell the fuck over. I'm not an asshole, so I'm going to go. But I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Hope you guys liked all the bleeps. Right? <laughs> She's so trashy. Okay. So it's it's just like noted that she gets there way after everybody else. Right. But and that when she arrives, she definitely wants to leave. She brings Sweetie with her, which I will say, and I didn't like Sweetie. I've never really liked Sweetie, but I think that she riles Kim up Mm -hmm. and is very much like a yes woman or whatever you want to call it. It was really irritating to see. 
I think Sweetie likes the mess too. I think she just kind of likes to quietly observe the mess. Otherwise, how could you possibly deal with Kim day in, day out? I guess that's true. Oh, man. So then uh, Kenya does arrive. And (laughs) the way that she describes this, do you want to take it? You want me to take it? Because I know that we both wrote it down. Okay, you go. Okay. (laughs) So she says, you know, I'm the new kid in town. Everybody knows I'm here. And so, of course, I'm getting invites left and right to attend events. <laughs> like, girl, what? <laughs> I'm sorry to break the fourth wall. You're invited to this event because you're a cast member. Yeah. And there's a call sheet. Like, it's so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, so everyone's kind of waiting for Nini. She's late because she's having a wardrobe malfunction. And Kim is just like, oh, well... I, I'm very late. My husband's going to kill me. Like, I got to go. It's just like, what? You just got there. You're so late. Like, you could have gotten there at six and left early. Right? Also, so this entire time while she's getting more and more impatient about, I, I mean, it's hard to know for sure exactly how long, how much time passed and how long Kim was there. But this in the every time it cuts to Kim, we see Sweetie like talking mess about Nini, and I don't get it. But okay, whatever. Yeah, I will say supposedly she got there at eight, and it's still light out by the um, time that Nini comes out. So I don't think it's been. It can't be that much later. Agreed. And so as you know, Kim gets more and more riled up and says, "You know, I gotta go. My husband's waiting for me. We have an event. I can't stay any longer." And so she heads into the house to exit. And who does she run into? But Nini. Yeah, Nini says, "Oh, you're already leaving." Nini's being so nice. So nice. Um, Kim says, "Corey has a dinner. We're already forty minutes late. Where were you? It's two hours." As if she's been waiting for two hours. Also, can we discuss how you put the inflection in Kim being so like bullying and terrible when yeah. I didn't hear it that way? But listen, like everything she says is like, ugh. but yeah, no, I think she was maybe trying to sound more conversational, but obviously she's accusing Nini of being late. Yes. Nini, so calmly, sweet mm-hmm. as sugar. I've been upstairs. It's five minutes. She wants her to just come outside for five minutes while mm-hmm. they do the little speeches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Kim says, okay, I'll stay. I just have to go tingle first, which is so funny to me. She swears like a sailor, but she says tingle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then we see Kim go out to the valet. She simply told Nini she was going to stay and then left. Yeah. She says it's because Croy has a so-called team meeting and he can't be alone with the kids. But it's like, why did you bring Sweetie then? Sweetie could have stayed with the kids. It's so wild. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense. I'm really glad that you caught all of that because all I heard was bullshit. Yeah, Um, that's all it is. Right. Ultimately, Kim wanted to sort of show up to show that she was acting in good faith and that she was going to accept the invitation. But the second that she got there, she didn't want to be there. And she left the moment that the opportunity presented itself. So, I mean, it was very fake. I will say that one of the things that I kind of liked because – this is the thing to me about Kim and Nini is as much as they're at each other's throats, you can tell that they are a great time together. And so at one point before she leaves, Kim asks Nini, oh, so, okay, well, she's like, just five minutes. And she's like, you're going to make an announcement in five minutes. She's like, yeah. She's like, it's going to be a big announcement, like something that I need to stay for. She's like, yes, I'm going to announce I'm having a baby. And it was like, okay, we know that that's not what you're doing, but 
it was kind of a cute beat to me. I, I felt like it showed Nene as a girl's girl and it almost put Kim in a situation where, I mean, how can you not love Nene? Oh yeah. When Nene's being sweet and charming, she's irresistible. And it kind of seemed like she's making an earnest effort to just like get along with Kim for the night. And of course Kim squandered the opportunity. Yeah. Which we're not surprised by. Yeah. So we go back outside and Cynthia gives a speech. Yeah. And she kind of, you know, the party's supposed to be for everybody, but Cynthia talks about how proud she is of Nini and all her accomplishments. And Kenya immediately starts talking really loudly to other people and saying, I love you all. Candy, I love you. Phaedra, I love you. Like just to interrupt her from talking about Nini, which is so weird. Right. And even weirder to me is that Kenya then makes a speech. I wrote, who gave her a mic? Yeah, she one. like fine. <laughs> well, before she gives the speech, though, she says, "Okay, enough of the clown show." Yeah, I mean, Kenya Ugh. just she came in hot yeah. for no reason, right? You're at Cynthia's event that's supposed to be celebrating Nini and other women, but you're at Cynthia's event. You can't you can't act like that at somebody's event. At your event, maybe, but at somebody else's event, no. It's poor form, in my opinion. Absolutely. And so uh, we cut to the confessionals, or I can't remember if it's confessional or just a voiceover, but we hear Cynthia say, listen, I think that Kenya is a very attractive woman, but when you're ugly on the inside, you're ugly on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it was no truer words have ever been spoken. Yeah, slightly devastating. Right. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so um, we see Kenya sort of going in, um, talking to Nini about, oh, I know that, you know, Cynthia probably said all this stuff and I hope that it's not going to impact stuff. I would like to get to know you. I want to talk to you. I want to be friends with you, regardless of what your talking head has to say or whatever. Yeah. Um, Cynthia's like, I'm not talking head. I'm just like, a, I'm a beautiful head, but I'm not talking head. <laughs> Um, and, um, basically she says like, she basically kind of interrupts the conversation that Nini and Kenya are having to be like, sort of confront Kenya about the way she's acting, which I kind Mm -hmm. of understand because Kenya's trying to talk about her as if she's not there. Yeah. But also I feel like if she had just let it go, maybe Nini would have shut Kenya down. Probably, but I just, I don't think that the situation warranted her not saying anything because you're at Cynthia's event Mm -hmm. talking shit about Cynthia on a microphone in front of everybody, including Cynthia. And then you take it upon yourself to continue to loudly talk shit about Cynthia to her best friend at Cynthia's event. Like I was like, there's just too many factors. Like Cynthia had to say something. Why do you think she's going after Cynthia? I think it's this weird, it reminds me a little bit of how, like when there's like a new person and they want to like establish dominance, they go after who they think is like either the biggest bully or like the weakest link. And I think that she came in with like an agenda to be like this big personality. And she probably saw Cynthia as somebody that isn't a big personality. Right. Cynthia is more like sweet. Mm-hmm. But Nini does a great job of talking about how, uh, what I call the iconic confessional about reading 
And so she says, listen, Cynthia knows how to read. And I don't mean just read, like read a book, but I mean read. Yes. Because Cynthia is not the one or the two, honestly. Right. She knows, she can see what Kenya is throwing and she is catching it and throwing it right back without stopping. And I love that. I love this version of Cynthia that is just like ready to go in and to say, listen, I know that I'm beautiful and I'm kind and I'm soft-spoken, but I'm also not going to be disrespected. Yeah, so Cynthia says, in such a nice way, what year did you win, Kenya? And Kenya says, girl, I don't tell the year. That's like asking my age. Cynthia said, well, I know it's a long time ago. Were you before or after Vanessa Williams? (laughs) It's actually so subtle. Yeah. But it really throws Kenya off. Right. And Oh, man, it's so great. So this is – and I actually – I feel like there will be somebody who will Google this to confirm, but my memory is that Vanessa Williams won Miss America in like 1983, 1984. Somewhere in the 80s for sure. It was definitely in the 80s. And we know for a fact that Kenya won Miss USA in the 90s. So this is deep shade on one level, right? As far as like the age and the time frame. But on top of that, She's talking about Miss America. Yes. When Kenya is Miss USA. And we know that Cynthia knows that Kenya is Miss USA because she has introduced her as a former Miss USA multiple times. And so all Kenya can say in that moment is, Vanessa Williams was Miss America. You sound stupid. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say there's a third level level of shade, which is that Vanessa Williams has turned her Miss America crown into like a pop singing career and an acting career. And she's like an exceptionally recognizable, famous pageant winner. Yes. And Kenya has not done things on that level. Mm, Good point, Jules. I didn't even think about that piece of it. Yep. This is a multi-level shade affair. Yes. I'm here for it. Yes. Um, We close out with Nini talking to all the friends about how women should be uplifting women. And Candy rolls her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So as you said at the very beginning, it's just a fantastic episode. Even though we didn't get to meet Portia yet, her time is coming. We promise. But it was so, so good. So who was your peach of the episode this I'm going to say, obviously, so many peaches to choose from, but I think Cynthia is my peach because Mm. I love seeing her turn that around. And you didn't think she was going to do it. It seemed like Kenya was going to get the better of her, but nobody gets the better of Cynthia Bailey. Oh, I love that. Who was your peach? Well, it's not going to shock anybody to say that my peach was Phaedra (laughs) because she is the queen of confessionals and I loved how she was deeply entrenched and loving every second of the mess, but still came out smelling like a daisy. Like she didn't actually have any blood on her hands, despite how much information she was taking back and forth between Cynthia and Kenya. And to a certain extent, it could be that maybe she helped facilitate this blow up at Cynthia's event, but nobody is thinking about Phaedra as the bad guy. No, she's just like trying to let give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's your pit? Oh, well, the pit is a little bit easier. It's got to be Kim. This yeah. Is, right? <laughs> this episode, she did not come off seeming rational, reasonable, or likable 
at all. And I just, I mean, I get that her and Nini have a past that we just like don't know about in great detail, but the way that Nini interacted with her should have been enough for Kim to stick around. Yeah. At the very and least. film. At the very In least. In the show she's paid to be on. She really thinks that, like, she's just there to interact with Croy, I think. Maybe. Which, ugh. Ugh, whatever. N- not so. Right. Who's okay. your pit? My pit, unconventional choice. My pit is Walter. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a pit. I oh don't know. He didn't even do anything that bad. It's just like, oh, Walter, the pits. I love it, though. I didn't even think about that. Oh. Whatever. Well, I guess that's the end of episode two. And so please join us next week when we recap episode three of Real Housewives of Atlanta season five. See you then. Bye. Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens. Starring Jules and Keens. Produced and edited by Juliana Trungali Golden.